Welcome to Doggy Dish, where two of LA's best dog trainers serve up a hearty helping of dog topics. At the end of this podcast, we'll provide information on how to contact our trainers. And now, here they are. Hi, this is Laura Berhini from Animal Attraction Unlimited. You always beat me to the punch on that one. And this is Kim Reinhart with Ain't Misbehaving Canine. We're trying to be consistent, <laughs> aren't we? I just think you want to take the lead. But anyway. <laughs> well, you're always the one at the end that says, I think that's about it. I think I'm we're wa- done. I'm the one who Regardless watches- of whether or not I have something else to well, say. I'm the one watching the time. Okay. Wait. We said we weren't going to argue on this one. <laughs> so much for that. Oh, okay. So where were we? Today we were going to talk about rough play. And we were going to... Sp- Focus specific. There's a couple of ways that dogs play rough. Dogs play rough with each other. There's Mm -hmm. dog-to-dog interaction that's rough, and that's a really good topic for a podcast. But today we were going to talk specifically about rough play between dogs and people. What we allow, what we don't allow, and what should be allowed and what shouldn't be allowed. And why. Yes. Oh, we're going to talk about why? And and what set of circumstances. Yeah. Okay. So didn't you have something that you wanted to start with? No. I don't know. Did I? Oh, you witch. (laughs) (laughs) Evil, evil, evil. This is rough play. (laughs) It's about to get rough. Okay. Here's here's one. Here's one of of my my favorites is slappy head. Mm -hmm. Okay. Otherwise known as passing the dog's head back and forth between your hands. Mm -hmm. Getting the dog to open his mouth and go, you know, because that's what happens. And then people are surprised when the dog comes up and grabs them by the hand. Right. We have opposable thumbs. We use our hands to grab. The only thing a dog can grab with really is his mouth. So, slappy head. And slappy head is a problem for just that reason. Because Mm -hmm. it does encourage the dog to eventually grab your hand. Yes, and to be mouthy. It encourages mouthiness. Because it's putting mouthy, or it's putting mouthiness into a play context that is acceptable. You're Mm -hmm. saying yes. Yes, we play. Yes, now we can play this. But then two hours from now, when you don't want to play it, the dog is going to come up and try to start the game, and you're going to get mad at him. Right. So you just don't let people play slappy head at all. Right. I don't let people. I do. I do, too. I play it. But I don't have to hire somebody to come to my house and fix a problem that I've caused. Well, and perhaps more importantly, you know how to bring it down at an appropriate place. And you also know how to use it as reinforcing the dog taking a cue from you. Well, the main reason I play it is... It's fun. To, yeah, you know, it is. But, <laughs> but part of I'm just going to... Listen, re- I'm just going to pull your covers on this one. The main reason you play it is because it's fun. Now let's hear the one you claim. No, okay. The reason, the reason I play it is because I use it as a tool to teach bite inhibition. I use it as a tool to... Because I have a couple of dogs that can go from zero to 60 in a very short period of time. And I... Use it to teach them impulse control. I use it to right. teach them control of their mouth that no matter how rough we play, you do not put your mouth on me. Right. And the problem with even talking about that on a podcast is it gives it plants the idea. And there is a real art to doing that. There, there is. is an art to – that's what I said. You know how to control it so that you actually don't take the dog to the place where you can't control his situation. Right. And you there's a very him, fine line. That's right. You're constantly gauging what's happening and you're teaching him to pull it back mm-hmm. when he still can. Yes. I know I'd use it the same way. I use it to teach impulse control. But the thing about teaching impulse control is that you have to be 
more mindful of what is happening than you are in how much fun you're having or how much fun the dog is having or all the other things that it's easy to get caught up in. Yeah, because I'm not using it as a game. I'm using it as a training tool. I'm using it as a training situation. And I am watching everything constantly. I'm not just watching his mouth. I'm not just feeling for teeth. I'm looking at his eyes. I'm looking at his body language. I'm looking at how high up on me he's coming if he's if he's coming up on me to, you know, right. if we're doing that kind of play and I'm letting him come up on me. It's like, how high is he coming up on me? How hard is he pushing on me? Right. I do the same thing. And I'm really good at teaching impulse control, but we're dog trainers. And I think that yeah. when I go out and I work with people and I work to help them teach their dog impulse control, mm-hmm. one of the hardest parts about that to teach is how to actually watch everything and not get so engrossed in the game that you miss some really important clues. Right. So on the whole, neither one of us recommends playing slappy face with your dog. <laughs> right. It's for trainer supervision only, I guess. Or what is it? There's a television term that they use. Yeah. This should be... This should be done under... I don't know. What is it? I don't know. There should anyway, be some kind of legal warning. blah, blah underneath that. <laughs> anyway, okay. Onward and upward. So the thing about rough play with your dog is that I think a lot of people like to do it, especially if they have a big, muscular, tough dog. Especially men like to do it. They do. Mm-hmm. They do. And if you watch the way boys grow up playing, a lot of times oh, boys yeah. grow up playing Wrestling. in a very physical manner. And so yes. it's understandable. But unfortunately, the problem with rough play with dogs is while it can be a good experience, you have to be aware of what is happening at all times. And what typically happens, what I run into typically with people who play rough with their dogs, is they get very involved in the game. And they only stop the game when they don't like what's happening. Mm -hmm. And what happens is a lot of times they miss out not only on whether or not the dog is now getting past the place of being able to control their impulses but they also sometimes play in a way in a manner that's rough and they start to kind of scare the dog a little bit but he loves them so he's still game and he's still trying to play along he sees that this is what they want and so he still tries to play along but i can see body language that says i i don't know that i like this i'm uncomfortable i'm not sure if you're declaring war here i'm not sure what's happening and i think that sometimes rough play can cause a rift in a relationship that is so subtle that the person never picks up on it but the dog sure does yeah oh and you know not only that but i want to really quick back to slappy head i don't have kids in the house right if i had children there is no way i would play that game rough play is something that you really have to if you're going to play rough with your dog then you kind of owe it to your dog to develop the skill to first of all read your dog's body language Mm -hmm. to honor if he's getting uncomfortable because you know what we tend to do as people is we tend to play or do something with the dog for as long as we're happy and then we want it to end and we take very few cues from them about whether or not they're comfortable and happy Mm -hmm. and so sometimes as i said people get involved in a game with the dog where the dog starts to think are we still playing is this still fun and the dog might even try to walk away but then the person calls them back because they still want to play That I see a lot of, Mm -hmm. and unfortunately, I'm not a big, I don't play rough with my dogs. I don't want to play rough with my dogs. If I get into a game that's rough with my dogs, like maybe Slappy Head, uh, it is for training purposes only. It is just an impulse control thing. But there are other ways to teach impulse control instead of rough play. And for the average person who plays rough with their dog, I don't think it's about teaching. I think it's about playing. Right. So explain. Well... So 
I mean, that's just a preference. I just don't want to play rough with my dogs. I don't enjoy playing rough with my dogs. But I think that when people play rough with their dogs, they don't realize that sometimes they get into the game because they want to. And the dog is game initially. And then it turns into something that perhaps makes the dog... See, if we get uncomfortable, we just end the game. Mm -hmm. But if the dog gets uncomfortable it's really difficult for them because it's hard for them to end the game. Most people don't allow it to end, and a lot of dogs won't even try to end the game. They'll, they'll try to end the game, but in subtle ways mm -hmm. that people aren't picking up on. Have you ever watched somebody play rough with their dog and you knew the dog wasn't was not comfortable? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I definitely have. The dog starts doing some calming signals. The dog starts doing some avoidance behavior, and the person just doesn't pick up on it. Right. And the dog keeps playing because he thinks that's what he's supposed to do, mm -hmm. right? He's, he's trying to work this out in a peaceful manner. He's trying to be nice about it. He's trying to send signals but still be polite. He's not yelling at you, I don't want to do this. <laughs> he's Where saying, he should be. Can we stop? Can we stop? I'm really not happy. Can we stop? Please, can we stop? Right, and you're, and you're right in that then they start to get scared, and then something happens that really scares him, and he has no choice but to turn around and either growl or bark and lunge at you going, I said I'm not comfortable with this. And then the person doesn't know where it came from. It came out of nowhere. It was all of a sudden. There was no warning. And I think the thing about rough play is that maybe the dog then gets also, if they don't get that overt about it, maybe they also start to get so tense and uptight that they start to play kind of rough hoping they'll scare you off now because yeah. you're freaking them out and mm -hmm. they're not sure what to go where to go and then they cross a line and then the person's mad even if the dog didn't turn around and actually aggress and say mm -hmm. please stop you know stop it now i want you to stop it now but the dog actually goes okay i've been trying to send you calming signals i've been trying to stop this i'm uncomfortable i'm not sure what to do so i'm going to raise my play. level of intensity yes level of intensity of play to the same Thing, place where I think you're going and suddenly the person goes whoa 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 this dog you've stepped over the line and the dog gets in trouble that can be a problem too a dog that knows when they go too high they're going to get in trouble yeah and it's not fair because you're the one that took it there most of the time and truly if you have a dog that goes way high over the line then maybe you shouldn't be playing that game true that might be the solution because you need to work on more calming things like here's an example my dog Chip who you know very well, who can easily go from 0 to 150 in a very short span of time. I take him to a friend's group class, and she has everybody play tug-of-war. She has everybody do freeze-frame is what she calls it, which is great. And she goes around telling everybody how to improve their freeze-frame skills, but I don't play the game because I don't have a problem getting him to go there. I don't have a problem getting him engaged with me. My problem is getting him to be calm around all of that stuff. So when everyone else in the room is playing freeze frame, I'm practicing his downstays. I'm telling him to circle. I'm telling him to give me five. I'm just getting him engaged with me so that he doesn't explode at the end of the leash at all of this activity. I mean, he came from a shelter, and he was in there. He was in the shelter for like a year and a half. And so this dog is used to going off on the tiniest little bits of things. And when I first started taking him to, to these classes, I had a really hard time getting his attention. And so now I concentrate on, you're going to be calm around this stuff. Well, the thing is that rough play is usually something that we do because we enjoy it. And so I think that sometimes with a lot of people, people who enjoy rough play, I mm -hmm. shouldn't say that, people who really enjoy rough play, who play rough because they like to play rough with their dogs, mm -hmm. most of the time... When I watch it, with most people, it goes to a place that is not that pleasant for the dog. 
Very occasionally I'll be around somebody who the dog will send out the signal, I don't want to do this anymore, and the person will drop it and leave it alone, and they'll stop. Many times, though, when I watch it with people, they either play to the point that the dog gets way too rough and then they have to shut the dog down and they're not happy with the dog. Or they play rough with the dog and there is this sort of, and you know, I, and I hate to say this, I'm specifically targeting men on this one because this is when I mostly see it. It's true. You know what? Right. Men in our society, there is a societal norm for men to be rougher than women. So not all men do this. But the ones that do, that like to play really rough with the dog, tend to take it to a place where they think the dog is still having fun because this dog is staying engaged. But the dog is really, they're kind of between a rock and a hard place. They know that they can't get super rough because they'll get in trouble for it. Mm -hmm. They know that they can't get go over the top. Perhaps the person is getting a little too rough and pushing in kind of hard on the dog. Mm -hmm. The dog's not comfortable. He, does, he feels as threatened as they would feel if he went way over the top. He doesn't know how to stop it, and he doesn't know how to fix what's happening. So I think rough play in general is one of those things that if you're going to play rough with your dog, you have to think about a couple of things. You have to think about what is the message I'm sending here. And is this something that I want him to do when he gets bigger? Because a lot of people do it when the dog is a puppy, and it's really cute. And then the dog gets to be full grown, like a German Shepherd or a Rottweiler or one of the much larger, stronger breeds, that now the dog comes up and suddenly they're six months old, seven months old, and they're trying to play the game. Now they're stronger than they used to be. And the owner's going, whoa, whoa, whoa. And the dog is putting in the same amount of the same level of intensity as he was before. He just now has more muscle behind it and, and because, a stronger jaw strength. Yes, and because they didn't put any time into teaching the dog impulse control right. at the beginning, it's really hard to get it now because the dog has practiced this behavior with that in the absence of impulse control for such a long period of time. He's only practiced going up. He's not practiced coming down. Right, and rough play can be defined as, like we said, slappy head, tug of war, which we'll probably go into in another podcast, and also pushing on the dog. People like to push on the dog because it makes the dog flip around and come back at them. And they push on the dog, whether it's the dog's rear end or their side or their shoulder or whatever. They push on the dog, and the dog flips around and comes back at them and flips around and comes back at them. Yes. Or wrestling. Yes. Wrestling with the dog. I mean, how many homes have you gone into where the husband, they don't want the dog jumping or mouthing at the kids, but then the husband is rolling around on the floor wrestling with the dog. Right. And the interesting part about that is a lot of times when you have a dog like that, that is the call you get. The call you get is the dog is being too rough with the kids or the dog is being too rough with my wife or the dog is jumping up. You know, the classic one is people who do push them away to get the dog to flip around and come back mm -hmm. at them. And then they have a dog that jumps up at them in a rough way. Okay, well, it's kind of to be expected mm -hmm. because you've been playing this game where you've pushed him away and encouraged him to come back, and this has been a game. Right. It's been a game. So for him, this is just an extension of that game. Yeah. And also there's the game where you look at a dog and then you go, whoa, you know, you like with your hands and your, and your voice and you kind of like sort of go move towards the dog a little bit, just a little pop, and it makes the dog come back at you. Mm -hmm. We have a friend who teaches group classes that saw a dog like that, and the, the parents had no idea the kids were doing this. Mm -hmm. No idea. But there was something about this dog in class that if you stood in front of this dog and stared at it for more than two seconds, it would come up at you mm -hmm. like that. And it clicked in her head. It just came from nowhere. She went, somebody's doing this to this dog. Mm -hmm. And they went home, and one of the kids went, oh, yeah. Well, I they have had no idea. But that, even though they're not touching the dog. Yeah. Well, I have a boxer that I'm working with right now, and he is 
of rescue. He's uh, from a rescue. The people adopted him from a rescue. He's about a year old. And he is absolutely the most physically. Over the top? Just a super physical dog. He just assaults you. He just assaults you, which is not, frankly, when I first got the call and I knew it was a boxer, it's not unusual behavior for a boxer to jump up and grab you. But this dog jumps up and grabs and holds on, and it is the most tenacious thing. And if you turn your back to try to diffuse what's happening, he'll come up and bump or bite your rear end. I mean, Mm -hmm. he's just this... And the the funny thing is, when I heard about him on the phone, I was just expecting a boxer. And when I showed up and I realized how very physical this dog is, is over-the-top physical. And he's a nice dog. But it's been totally reinforced behavior. Yeah. And if I had to guess at all, it's been reinforced by really rough play. Somebody who was probably big enough and tough enough that all this stuff didn't bother them. Mm-hmm played really rough with this dog and has taught him. So if you try to deflect him in any way, he just keeps coming and coming and coming and coming. Do you know if that's how he ended up in the rescue? Was was he an owner turn-in or a shelter dog? I don't. Because that would be interesting to know, okay, if he was an owner turn-in, did the owner create this behavior when he was younger and, and smaller and weaker? Can I just tell you, I guarantee you that's what happened. I guarantee you that's what happened. Yes, it would be. I don't think that I'll have access to that information. What I think the dog was, was a dog that was picked up by the the rescue from a shelter. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times dogs get turned into shelters and we have no idea what their situation was. But when I worked with this dog, I can tell you, just gauging this dog's reaction. It was reinforced. Absolutely. You can't deflect this dog. You literally can't deflect. You can't deflect him by being calm and just trying to disengage. And how old is the dog? He's about a year old. And he's getting better. I mean, we've worked, I've given him several things to do, and he's getting much better, and he's learning a different way to go about it. But when I started working with him, first of all, I came home with bruises. Wow. (laughs) And honestly, when I started working with him, I went, this has been so reinforced. Mm -hmm. This has been so reinforced. And I guarantee you, because literally to get him to stop, you have to hold him off of you. Otherwise, you are being hurt. You are Mm -hmm. getting hurt. And when you're holding him off of you, he's just waiting for you to let go so he can explode at you again. Mm. And the funny thing is, there's joy in it. It is not... Malicious. No. There's uh, way too much adrenaline, obviously. Yeah. The, the dangerous part of it is that there's way too much arousal and there's way too much adrenaline. But it is not coming from a bad place in this dog's heart. Even the bites to your rear are not coming from a bad place. This is absolutely, you can tell by his demeanor, that he's been taught not to back down. Don't back down. And if I had to guess, and of course it is only a guess because you can always make a backstory for a dog and you never know if it's true. But if I had to guess, there was play that wasn't backed off of, just wasn't backed off of. And it was probably right. somebody who was big enough and tough enough to think it was fun. All this super, you know, this is somebody who would enjoy wrestling right. with other people or that kind of stuff. There are people out there who do that. But it's unbelievable where this dog has gone. Yeah. And apparently he misstepped at some point because he ended up in a in the rescue. Shelter. Yeah. 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 So anyway... The point is, rough play is something that I think people need to t- really take a very close look at. I meet people who have had a lot of dogs, and they say, well, I've always done this with all my dogs. And now they're having a problem with the latest dog that they have. The dog has developed now a negative. Yeah, but they used to have dachshunds, and now they've got a boxer. Or they've had three or four dogs that were a very calm temperament. Mm-hmm. And so they would play, but they would keep it at that just kind of fun, playful place. Yeah. And they have a dog that says... If you push, I'll push back harder. Right. Oh, oh, you want to play? Oh, why didn't you say so? Right. We can play. Right. Let's game on. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Let's go. All right. So slappy face, rough play, Mm, inadvisable? Um, Yes. 
Yes, for and most advisable. people. There, yeah, for most people. There are other games to play with your dog. There are a lot of really fun games. Tug of War is also, by the way, a very physical game with a lot of dogs. Laura uses it to teach control. I have used it that way, by the way, Laura. I just don't like to play Tug of War. It's not something I want to do. But we're going to do a whole podcast on that because we kind of decided that that was something that needed um, specifics. Yeah, deeper, deeper exploration than just something that we glob in with a bunch of stuff. So I think maybe the next one we'll do will be on Tug of War. Okay. All right, so are we done on this one then? I believe so. Well, in that case, because I don't want to call the shots, <laughs> but in that case, if you believe that we are done now, Laura. I think we've covered everything, yes. Okay, then I'm Kim Reinhardt with Ain't Misbehaving Canine. And Laura Burheny from Animal Attraction Unlimited. Thank you again for joining us. Thank you. You have been listening to Doggy Dish, a podcast series about dog training and other related issues. To suggest a topic for a future segment, please email us at dogdishtopics at yahoo.com. To learn more about our featured trainers, or if you're interested in training for your own dog and you live in the Los Angeles area, you may contact Laura or Kim directly. To speak with Laura, call 818-800-4818 or visit her website at www.petdogtrainer.com. To speak with Kim, call 818-890-1133 or visit her website at www.beagooddog.com. Thank you for listening.